Hello and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. And this is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we want to talk to you about what lies beneath the surface. And that can be looked at on so many levels. I will admit it was inspired by looking at Dave's horse, looking at, at its own reflection in the lake and seeing the distortion of the image and seeing that there was more going on beneath the surface than what was evident in looking straight on at his image. And I thought that is such an amazing metaphor for what we deal with every day as healthcare practitioners, as animal practitioners, and for looking for what's the best way that we can interface with our patients and our clients. Yeah, because sometimes we focus so much on detail that we miss the big picture. And it's the difference between physiologically with your eyes. One, your pupils are constricted, so you're taking in less data, less light, less information. The other one where you kind of almost defocus your eyes and step back and look and your pupils open up to allow more light, more data, more information in. So we need to be able to look and see more. And, and when, when we say look, we actually mean taking information with all of our senses. Because sometimes you can approach and have a feeling and we need to trust that that feeling comes from data and information that's coming in, and then we can step back and go, why did I look at the foot first? Why did I notice that that animal wasn't breathing in a healthful pattern? And what, what is so fascinating to me is that you often see what you expect to see. And you also only see what you know to see. Correct. Absolutely. If you don't know that there is such a thing as a paniculous response and that animals will have an ability to flinch because of discomfort in a very, very different way than humans and in a more informative way than humans. And then to suspend naming it. Yes. And you have to have an interpretation of that information, but don't box yourself in with that interpretation. Exactly. When someone says, what does it mean? The only honest answer is, I have no idea. I don't know what it means. I know that I observed this. Now I observe, is this new or is this a constant pattern? Is it something that just developed or is it something that has been there since birth? All of these things are gathering information in order to interface in the healthiest way possible. Not so that we can fill in a form that only has room for three words, so therefore we need to narrow our observation skills down. But when I was thinking earlier about what's beneath the surface, it's how can we step back, actually and metaphorically, in order to really gather what's going on in our interface with that client or that home animal that we are attempting to help. What are we noticing? And begin to, as Dave said, open your aperture and notice more. Notice if there's hives on one side of the body and not on the other. Notice if there is wear and tear 
on one side of the body and not the other. Notice if there's aversion to being touched in one place and not another. So many things are yearning to have you observe them. When you have the ability to focus on what's going on and not what you expect. Some of our initial observations, like when we walk in with a horse, we look at how they stand. And we may say, oh, it's short on the right side, which means it's right front leg is back and it's left and, and it's right hind leg is forward. So it's short on the right side. That's an observation that we make. Does it mean something right then? Well, we'll evaluate more and try to figure that out. But if I come back the next time and it's short on the right side, and I come back the next time and it's short on the right side, then that consistent pattern begins to tell me something that I need to be aware of. And when you are looking, whether it's at your own horse or dog, your client horse or dog, whether you're the trainer, the veterinarian, the acupuncturist, the massage therapist, however you interface, if you filter information through your expectations, you're going to be missing a world of data. You know, imagine today that you're looking through the microscope of someone else's perception, of someone else's filters. If I filter, I always say, if you're going to go to a surgeon, you're going to get the best surgical opinion because that's their expertise. And if you go to an acupuncturist, you're going to understand that they're going to tell you what points are most likely going to assist that animal. We filter through what we know best. And sometimes that blocks information that might be useful. Yeah, and sometimes you get locked into patterns. You consistently uh, see the same thing time after time. And is it really because you see it or that because it's there or because you've developed a habit of seeing the same thing? And I always say that because I, I remember a vet telling me one time, oh, I'm sure you found something in the pole. You chiropractors always find it, the pole. And I thought, boy, you've been around a chiropractor that for some reason found the pole an issue on every horse, obviously because we don't find the pole an issue on every horse. We find it on some and not on others. So that becomes pattern-oriented things. So you have to watch that you don't allow yourself to be pattern-oriented as well. What is the best way to know somebody's filtering information through a belief system is when they say you people. <laughs> Anytime anyone has ever you peopled you, it means they think because you fit into a category that they made up that they know everything you think and everything you believe. And I have been you peopled often and I'm not them. I am never that uh, easy to understand. I have various views on various things that will refuse to fit into anyone else's box and perception. And so knowing that I don't want to fall into the same and um, sometimes we say things like, oh, it must be a chestnut mare if it behaves that way. And guess what? Some chestnut mares are stoic and as sane and as calm. And some black geldings that are 17 years old spook the second you walk in. If you don't allow your experience to guide you and only allow your prejudices 
your belief systems, your pre-programmed ability to receive data, who loses out in this? You do as someone attempting to help and they do as someone needing to receive what you have to offer. So the idea of looking beneath the surface is the idea that when you see an animal and you can extemporize this into humans, know that there's more going on beneath the surface and begin to allow that information to permeate the filter that you put up of your expectations. You know? And that means observing how they're breathing, observing how they're standing, observing how they greet you, observing how they react to others. Yep. And in, we talked about looking below the surface and there was a great example from Fabique Elbron, a, a, a veterinarian from Denmark, and she's done a lot of uh, dissections. And she showed it, one of the initial classes I saw with her, she showed it a, a dissection of a horse that had a, oh, inch and a half, two inch scar on its hip that you could, that was visible. <coughs> Excuse me. But then when they actually dissected that area out and opened it up, underneath, it looked like a spider web the size of a basketball with the fascial roots going out in so many different directions. Below the surface, there was so much more going on. It's like the duck that's swimming on the surface. You don't see much moving, but underneath, the legs are moving very quickly. So there's a lot of things going on under the surface that you need to be aware of. And when we say the tip of the iceberg, that's often thought of as a negative. Oh, we're only just seeing the tip of the iceberg. There's all this damage underneath. Well, there's all this. If you suspend judgment and begin to think of it, there's so much information underneath. There's so much to tell us when the horse is, or the dog. Well, the horse is sweating on one side. If you have dogs sweating on one side, then you've got a hybrid something. Because, uh, as we know, dogs do not sweat. They pant. But the, the purpose of that is that we're looking for symmetry and asymmetry. We're looking for difference and similarity. We're looking for how are we asking our clients and our own animals to tell us? Or are we going in with, if they growl, they're aggressive? Not necessarily. No. Because we have a shepherd that can prove that wrong. She talks. Oh, yeah. And she has different sound signals that we have learned convey different pieces of information. She can sense certain diseases. And she has a different growl for that. And a different growl that we choose to interpret as, it's time to stop what you're doing and play with me now. And so... We may be wrong in our interpretation. All we know is there are different means that we can listen to. And as you want to interface with your horses, dogs, cats, I mean, it, we learn this from the cats all the time, right? 
they have a purr that can tell us they're content and they have that low level growl that no you are about to be ripped to shreds it's useful to be able to interpret what that means and to be able to look beneath the surface and say isn't this fascinating i wonder what it's telling me not i think that needs to be injected as your go-to yeah because there are so many possibilities so as you look further underneath the surface it creates more options because you're going to have more things that you can possibly do if you don't let yourself get hooked into a box whether it's just the i must inject this box or i must just magnawave this box or i must just adjust this box because there are so many options and possibilities out there and and the animal will tell you what works for them well this came up this morning someone texted me and said how how often does my do my animals need to see you and i said really it depends what are you noticing and yes we and we invite you to turn that question back out to your practitioner to your owner to your trainer what are you observing what's better what is it what would you like to accomplish if an animal is lame and then you interface with it and the animal is sound and feeling great well that's going to create one form of schedule and if the animal improved for a week or so and then started going backwards, well, that's going to create a different kind of schedule. And your expertise in dealing with similar situations is going to help create a schedule. And knowing what, whether that animal is about to have a month off or jump a Grand Prix is going to influence your schedule. So I know most people want a cookie cutter answer. You know, this for six days, it's like rehab. You know, how, how long does it take? What are you using to monitor progress? And so the answer is always, it depends. And I know that that makes planning challenging. And yet you can't change the truth in order to fit a schedule. And so what we invite you to do as you look beneath the surface is say, am I observing behavior? Am I observing change in breathing, in eating patterns, in energy? Not just are they limping or not? Are they swapping leads or not? Are they pacing when they should be trotting? You know, but where are they giving you hints that there's something brewing? You don't wait for the pot to boil to know if the water's warm or not. Yeah. That's right. When we come together to work on, work on an animal, it gives us a choice. It gives us that possibility where one of us could look macro Big picture. Big picture. And the other one who's doing, doing work is looking micro. I may be picking up a leg and just looking at the fetlock or just looking at the, but how, when I adjust that fetlock, how does it adjust the rest? How does it rest of the animal react? And having that second set of eyes there gives you a whole different perspective because I'm focused in narrowed vision 
and she's standing back looking at the whole picture because sometimes you adjust that hawk and you can see it the shift in the animal the breathing change in the animal the movement change in the animal the way it shifts its weight whether forward or back or side to side sometimes it's easier for another person to see that when you're so focused looking at one detail and our canine and equine clients will literally put their nose on a point and say address that now I'm not going to relax for you I'm not going to cooperate with you because my priority is this rib or my priority and if you are set in a pattern and not willing to notice what's going on above and below the surface then you may be less effective than you are capable of being. So let this plant a seed for you. Let this inspire you to observe more and enjoy the process. And keep opening yourself to new possibilities. This has been an Equiline podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Corin. And I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. Have a spectacular day.